Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I've got uh, my, ooh, there we go, a little feedback. Uh, there we go. So, m- might be that. Your phone, maybe. Yeah. I've got my Bible open ooh, to 1 Corinthians 1.10. And this verse says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there will be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. We're going to talk the whole hour today about unity. And I'm so glad to have not only Dr. Tim Walsh with me, but Pastor Kevin Saunders. And they've got a unique friendship and a professional collaboration. And we are going to be talking to them uh, the full hour. So never mind the technical difficulty right now, because right now we're getting some feedback. And I'm not sure from where. So there we go. Thank you, Rosie, for taking care of that. Tim, I will welcome you to the show because you've been on the show many times. It's nice <laughs> to have you back. Yeah, thanks, Phil. This is really an honor to be here. And, and thank you for the invite to talk about this critically important uh, topic of unity. Um, and I, we just want to spend just a short moment uh, talking about, of course, you know, the obvious, which is humanity, society is is divided polarized yeah. like we probably haven't seen in our lifetimes or at least until the you know since the uh late 1970s yeah. and uh, early uh, you know, 1970s but um so you know i i think you know we, we we have some ideas about why that is but you know kevin and i uh pastor saunders and i uh we started off first as colleagues he was working uh with minnesota Teen challenge and we quickly noticed uh, that the people that he was coaching uh, for us were becoming some of our best staff. And then what we were also noticing is that the people that he personally mentored were becoming some of our best uh, leaders and are the best leaders uh, right now at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. And that continued for like four or five years. And then uh, we just started connecting uh, with each other uh, through that ministry that that Kevin was leading at the time. And we got inspired along with, you know, uh, our whole communications department at Minnesota LT Challenge that we had to start addressing issues like uh, cultural bias, racial bias, uh, racial sensitivity, and the like. And we, we started coming together. And we actually came together at that time. Uh, this is hard to imagine, you know, in hindsight, but we had folks from the, the Muslim community at that time talking about treating people in the Muslim community. Uh, we had a culturally specific uh, program for uh, black Americans uh, that was, uh, and so we were preparing. And I think it was complete serendipity, uh, I would say God's sovereignty, uh, that we were preparing on this issue. And so uh, what happened, we were ready two weeks after the killing of George Floyd Mm. to speak to how to address bias in society, how to be responsive and sensitive to one another, how to be aware 
of one another and how to move forward. We're ready with that message. You tell me what that is. But I, what I, what I say that that is, is God was, had us ready. He cleared the pathway and we were able to speak to that at a time. And, and just imagine all of those individuals are in the room speaking to this at that time. And then since that time, uh, Kevin and I have been inspired uh, to go all around the state of Minnesota and do also webinars, and uh, we've done uh, live uh, events and conferences, and we estimate that we've reached anywhere from seven to 9,000, and, and Reverend Saunders may have a higher figure, but we have reached that many people, and uh, we have our number one source, of course, is the Bible. Uh, it's the Bible that we speak from. We speak in a different language, of course, with professionals, but it's the Bible that's the source of our truth, but also... Uh, Kevin, I, I think you have like a double master's degree, if I recall, but uh, uh, he, we also draw from the, the evidence base of how we address these issues. And, and of course, what we were really talking about is unity. Yeah, Kevin, the double masters, was that a buy one, get one free thing? Is that how that works? <laughs> no, 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 actually. Because if that deal ever comes available, I am so in. <laughs> no. A lot, a lot of hard work. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Thank you so much so, for being here. And yeah. I know that you've got a powerful message to bring because you're the only guest I've had that's given our equipment so much feedback. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise God. Praise God that. for that is right. Um, you know, I, I will begin with saying that uh, the topic unity and in our humanity, humanity um, is illustrated in Tim and I in our relationship. Uh, what has happened with us is we literally began to recognize and acknowledge the, our similarities and the things that, were, that we were drawn to and how we were able to feed off each other and communicate. Mm-hmm. And that God literally took that and made it just manifested to make it better mm-hmm. and, and gave us the, the platform. So, yeah, we both have education, but it's really been the Holy Spirit that's kind of— mm-hmm inspired Tim and I. So when we talk about this idea about unity, especially in the humanity of others, it's like, how do we relate? How do we see one another? How do you see the other person? How do you truly value the other, um, even before you get to know that person? Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be a certain level of curiosity and transparency, uh, right. a certain level of, of authenticity that we have to display toward each other as humans before we can even really enter into relationship with people. And one of the challenges that I see today in our society is that um, there are, we're, we're many people stuck in echo chambers. Hmm. They're, they're in these echo chambers, these places where um, they just can't hear they're not able to acknowledge or recognize the other person or in any way feel that person. So because they're not able to feel it or even connect to another person, we we have this disjointed thing going on in our society where people just drive by. Even when you go to church on Sunday, mm-hmm. we walk by one another. It's, yeah. it's just unimaginable. Call it huh? the most segregated day in the week. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? And it's just the humanity piece. So the first segment that we were talking about, we were thinking about for this show, Bill, was was like, let's talk about humanity and the other. So if we could just mm. see. Yeah, I want to do that better. Help yeah. us. Yeah. Help yeah. us all do that better. I mean, just what you described, Kevin, was just so powerful. <laughs> I mean, well, having an awareness of before we even have contact. I, I don't know what you're talking about, but boy, am I interested. 
Well, I'm, I'm talking about the simple fact that in the beginning, God created humans and he formed us in the earth. And in order for there to be life, he had to breathe into the nostril of man. So the breath of life is God, right? Mm -hmm. And because of that, that's the existence of humanity. Whether they're believers or non-believers or whether they're Muslim or Buddhist or whoever, the first connection is their humanity. Mm -hmm. And when we've gotten to that point that we no longer can see the humanity of other. Wow. It's it's we're, 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 we 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 got to really stop and think to ourselves, what has happened? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where, where how did we get here? Yeah, Tim, it's my job to say, well, oh, sorry, <laughs> uh, I, de- I defer the wall <laughs> yeah. to Bill thank Arnold. You very yes, much, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, sorry. Well, yes, yeah. you're supposed to ad lib. Oh yeah, yeah I, I'm on it. I'm on it. Yeah. So, so seeing is seeing image bearers of God first. Amen. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Image bearers of God. Yeah. So that's the first and foremost piece that we have to recognize all human beings. And and Pastor uh, Saunders, I've been working on that. Uh, just so you know, uh, even recently when I would have see someone, the first thought I'm having is this is an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. What a great starting point in my head anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So otherwise I'm critical if they're driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my humanity doesn't show up necessarily yeah, behind them yeah. either. It's the last part of us to be saved, by the way, is our right foot. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So no, uh, what I love about uh Reverend Saunders' approach, and he actually demonstrated in all of these webinars, is he so you, you can even see it in his eyes. He, when he approaches somebody he approaches somebody with that deep curiosity, like they are a marvelous mystery, like they are of insuperable worth. Say that fast ten times. You know that's the way he looks at somebody, and you can tell, and you can tell, and and, and more than that, of course, we can see that the same spirit that is in him is in me, it was in Christ Jesus, right? You can you can feel that and see that, right? Uh, and then he goes further. It's like what Martin Buber used to call "I and Thou." You you when you're when you're in Reverend Saunders' uh, presence, you feel like a thou. You feel like you are you are important. You feel like you're the only person in the world. You you feel like the spirit is moving through him to see your particular value uh, in humanity, and that's the way he treats people, right? And I, I, I by the way, I, I aspire to that as well. I, I I attempt to do that, and that's that is the seeing the humanity in other people. And uh, C.S. Lewis actually talked about that if we were to see people in their final form, their glorified form, uh, that we would be tempted. Or even seeing ourselves as our in our final glorified form, we'd be tempted to bow down. Of course, we would not, but we'd be tempted to because of the the majesty and the magnificence yes. of who we are becoming, right? Uh, and that's what you can encounter with each person. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let me take a short break. Uh, we're talking to uh, Pastor Kevin Saunders and Dr. Tim Walsh, and we're talking about unity today and really the humanity of one another and. They're talking about their friendship and some of their professional collaboration, but we're going to focus on that, the unity and reconciliation and all kinds of wonderful things that we need as Christians need to be focused on. We'll take a short break and then back with Tim and Kevin.
Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. Welcome to the show. If you just joined me, I've got Dr. Tim Walsh and Pastor Kevin Saunders here. We're talking about unity. I never get uh, tired of that topic because we need it more than ever. And let's look at each other as image bearers of God. In 2 Corinthians 5, 16, it says, So from now on, regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Mm-hmm. Tim, what kind of progression are we on? When- yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that worldly point of view. And Reverend yeah. Saunders was getting into that too. And and so in the worldly point of view, which we no longer see as Christians, right? In the worldly point of view, first of all, it's totally natural to see differences. That by itself isn't, it's, it isn't, it isn't racist, it isn't sexist, it isn't any of that. It's right. It's just seeing differences. We're designed to see differences. Our, our brains are designed to see, see differences. There's nothing wrong with that. But the progression is this. Now I start to see, as Reverend Saunders was saying, I start to see the other as the other. And then more than that, I see the differences between us as being a moral difference. And then more than that, I start to see that moral difference as being a difference of us versus them. And there's the us. And then I start grouping in my mind who us is. And then I start treating that other person as the them. Mm -hmm. And then even more than that, we start to demonize the other as if there's something corrupt and altogether wrong about the other person, which is, of course, what we see in society and the news every day. That's what's happening is people start to uh, divide. And then we start acting on it. We start acting on our biases. We start treating people with prejudice and with discrimination as a result. And we start hating and then we feel justified in our hate. So that is the progression of the worldly view, mm-hmm. the worldly view of the other. Mm. And and what's what's really odd about that is that it creates a unity, a different unity. Mm. Uh, not a unity in humanity, but a unity in, in these little cliques and groups of pockets of people. And we see that literally in in our society, whether it's in your politics or whether it's in your faith walk or whether it's in the clubs that you, you're a member of or whether it's in even the gym that you attend, um, that we have these pockets that we create, that we, we feel united around, but we're excluding everyone else. So the hmm. thing that I'd like us to focus on is that how do we break that? How do you... How do you help people see the other yeah. in a different light? And and I I submit that it's really that we begin to promote the idea of being genuinely curious about who someone is. Mm-hmm. And if we just start there, if we just say that to everyone, if we we had greeters in our churches that said, be genuinely curious about everyone who walks in the door. If we had pastors who, who began their services and said, I'm genuinely curious to know something about you, write something down unique about yourself. Because when we demonstrate that genuine curiosity for one another, then everyone leans forward. The minute I say, hey, Bill, I hear something in your voice that tells me you're from a certain part of the country, and you go, 
what do you think you hear? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's like you, you, when, when I display a little curiosity towards you, then automatically it reciprocates. So now we're drawn into a conversation with one another rather than either of us making any assumptions of, oh, we're just two Midwesterns, mm-hmm. right? So it, it really begins with just having that, that extra bit of curiosity. Uh, and, and I can give you guys an example. I'm one of those people. My wife kind of tells me all the time when you go to we go to the grocery store, um, you always end up preaching. <laughs> and it's, and, it's, and I, literally in what section? Always in the line. In the, <laughs> in line. the line. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's it's always the person in front. And most times it's the person in front of me or it's the kid behind me. And I'll say, Hey, how you doing today? And then they'll turn, and I'll speak to them. I say, well, you know what? God loves you. I always say God loves you to people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people say, well, how do you know that? Because he loves me. And they, why would he love me more than he loves you? He got mm-hmm. So then they go, they get they get engaged because right away I've just demonstrated curiosity mm-hmm. or just said something to compliment It's so them. invitational. Yeah. And it opens the conversation, the yeah. dialogue up, yeah. right? And so before um, – Last year, I, was, I told a story, maybe last time I was here. It was on the 4th of July, and I, I was in, in the fleet farm. And I had a couple. They had on their, their red hats, and, and they were looking real angry at me because I'm the only black guy. And I said, God bless you to the, to the wife. And she just burst into tears. Really? And the guy, his face went from this stern look to a smile. And she said, thank you. Because they had gotten all worked up about something in their echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was the first person that they had encountered. But I said, God bless you. So it broke it. And that's how powerful it can be. The, the, the power of us being united and just speaking a word of love, of tenderness, of mm-hmm. kindness to someone. Because you don't know where they're coming from, where they've been, or what they've been through, is is a is a powerful tool, I think, for us all to begin with. Yeah, yeah, and even as I was thinking about that, Kevin, like even right here, right now, um, we're right here in this moment for each other. You know, we're we're totally focused on each other. We're we're not thinking about the next thing that we're going to say. We're just enjoying each other, right? right. And I don't, when I look at you, there's no, there's no critical, analytical judging going on in my brain. I'm looking at this marvelous mystery uh, of a man of God, you know, that's in front of me. And I'm like, what's going to come out of his mouth? What's he going to say? What, what, what is his perspective? You know, and so that's what, when you say curiosity and openness and transparency, I'm open to you. I want to, I'm not, I'm not. You know, I'm not sitting here categorizing you. I'm not sitting here criticizing you. I'm, I'm like, Kevin is here with me here and now, present in this moment, in the spirit. And I want to see what he has to offer in this situation. So, and then I want to be here further. I want to be here for you. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you. I'm not here for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm listening also to the spirit of God as the spirit of God is moving between you and I. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's I think, what it means to be about united in our humanity with each other. But, yeah. So that's that's what I was getting from what you're just saying. Well, you're, I appreciate you're that. listening to the afternoon love fest with. <laughs> <laughs> I do love you, Bill. I love you. I yeah, love you too, Tim. <laughs> and Kevin, you're the best. I mean, no, but I mean that is such a beautiful interaction between mm. two friends. Yeah. I mean, do we not need more of that in life? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I love Kevin. What you were saying about 
uh, breaking through um, a wall, although a thin wall, because the the woman started instantly crying because those words went right to her heart. Here's mm-hmm. to her. Here's mm-hmm. to right to her heart. And it cost you nothing. Cost me nothing. Yeah. And then, then, then the other side of the coin, I, I was sharing with Tim last night as we were preparing. Um, I had an opportunity to visit uh, a nonprofit organization that I affiliate with uh, last Thursday. And I was sitting there, and I'm a Baptist pastor sitting there, and there's an iman that comes in. And we were having this conversation. I was talking to the lady who's the, or the director of the center. And so she stepped away. And I go, hi, brother, how are you doing? How, I like your tunic. I was just saying to him, I like your tunic. And he had on a mm-hmm. nice tunic. His, his beard was like a deep burgundy, and he had a Iman's cap. So, and he, his response to me was, have, do you, have you ever read the Quran? And I said, that's interesting that you say that to me. Yes, I have. I, I've studied it. Um, but why was that important for you to say that to that's me? That's a good question. And immediately I could tell his intent was to create a division. Like, I'm different than you. Um, you're, you're a black man, and we're both from Africa, but I'm different from you. And I don't want you to think that that we have similarity. But my point to him was, yeah, I've read that. I've read the Bible. In fact, I embrace that. So the thing that I'm saying is that People in our society and humanity have come to this place where they posture themselves mm-hmm. to look at their distinctive thing that they want to be or identify, identify with as a position to divide from everyone else. Yeah. And our weakness as believers is we fall into that trap. We do. We fall into that trap. We, we allow ourselves to. Yeah. They want to punch back. We want to want to hit back with something. Yeah, or throw the the division back on them. You know, as if we were we think we're evangelizing that time, which of course we're not when we're doing that. You know, and what I was thinking about further, Kevin, what you and I do in our presentations is we talk about the word responsivity, and and everybody goes, "Ooh, what's that mean?" Uh, and responsivity is you focus in on the differences that make a difference. And when you see through the eyes of Jesus, you know that uh, the distinctive differences of people are are, the, are on purpose, uh, that he has given us each these distinctive differences. He, We were designed actually in the womb, right, for the foundations of the earth, as the Bible would say, and those, those uh, differences are on purpose. And so then... You, what you and I have done, Kevin, is what these differences make a difference for a person. Let's value those differences. Let's see those differences as beauty, as part of God's design, as part of God's purpose for that person in this world, in this body even. That, that is God's purpose for that person. And let's find out what the beauty of that difference is. That's that, I know that's what you do. I watch you. That's what you do. Can't wait to continue after the break with uh, Pastor Kevin Saunders and Dr. Tim Walsh as we talk about unity, uh, but you know, we're giving away a whole bundle of books this summer and you should get in on this uh, biggest book bundle giveaway ever. Right now, if you go to myfaithradio.com, you can sign up to get in the giveaway for one of the book bundles. And this week we're focusing on sharpening your parenting skills and finding answers to hard questions. You can find more about that more at myfaithradio.com and we'll be right back. 
drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. My guests are Dr. Tim Walsh and Pastor Kevin Saunders. We're talking about unity today. I don't know if this point is worth repeating, but uh, just during the break, Kevin and Tim and I were talking while I was suggesting that we are quick to put people in categories. Mm. And then once we place them in a category, we kind of know everything we need to know about that person in that category, and we completely uh, do an injustice to them and to us. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, there's there's a in North Minneapolis, I work over in North quite a bit, and uh, in the area on Glenwood Avenue is uh, literally a food desert. Uh, there is families that are isolated, abandoned, if you will. Uh, they're not in, in church. Their families probably haven't been connected to a church. Mm-hmm. The children are afraid to come outdoors because of wow. gun, gunshots yeah. and the violence that's going on. Um, neighbors hide from one another because they're fearful. And this is really because of fear of who they think the other is. So we, before we were talking about the unity in the humanity of the other, and right. then when I'm saying now we look at communities and how communities are made up and some of the things that impact communities and cause them to be where they are. Now, if they're, what's the irony of it is if, if a kid or someone gets hurt or shot in that neighborhood, they'll all come out and they'll grieve then they'll go back in. So it doesn't bring people together. Mm-hmm. It, it, it literally forces them apart. Mm-hmm. Now I want to flip the script on that and say, what should community look like? Uh, it should look like uh, a neighborhood where there are people from every walk of life who really love to eat each other's food, <laughs> uh, who don't mind cutting the other neighbor's half his yard if he needs to or snow plowing or plowing his sidewalk or uh, to come along and help with groceries to get them in the house or they do a group picnic in the front yard. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I'm blessed because I actually live in a neighborhood like that uh, where I'm saying every person, I have, I have people from Asia I have people from East Africa, West Africa. I have people African-American. I have uh, European descendants all in my block. And we literally live that way. Yeah. And it, it, it's been a practice, though. So I've been kind of the standard bearer for 22 years on the corner saying, hey, neighbor, hey, neighbor. So that now we all assemble on the corner. They, they know Kevin's going to be there on the corner. They were out in the garage last <laughs> night. Yeah, you, you're, you're chatting people up uh, well, from the, your garage last night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, so really talking about unity and community, it has, it's something that happens intentionally. You, you have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And I would challenge everyone to think or say to them, so how well do they know the five the people in the five houses surrounding them? And why not? If you don't know them really, really well, and if they're not members or if they're not part of the body of Christ, why aren't they? 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, Rosie during the break also was talking about this desperate need that we have our community, which is exactly right on. And it's not just in the world, it's in the church, isn't it? And mm-hmm. and the church itself is is not good in this area. I'm not, I'm, there's exceptions, of course, but I, bl- I belong to a, a church that has a ministry of over 30,000 people and struggled to maintain four home churches. Mm. And then, uh, of course, you know, I work at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, and the people who come back to Teen Challenge who relapse, what do they say? They say, what, what happened? You ask them what, and they say, I didn't stay connected. And, of course, we were designed, uh, the first not good in the Bible is it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then in the New Testament, uh, what it says we, is we need koinonia, we need fellowship. And fellowship is to share in common. Well, how are you going to share anything in common if you don't even know somebody, if you haven't found that common humanity? You know, so we lack, we lack community. And, and now, you know, at, at Teen Challenge, we're, we're going to be creating, it's called uh, recovery community organizations, but uh, uh, through Minnesota uh, Prevention and Recovery uh, Alliance. And, and I have challenged that uh, sister organization to think in these terms. How do you create community where none exists? How do you create community where none exists? And I know you are actually an expert in this area, and everywhere you go, uh, Kevin, both professionally and personally, uh, you create community, of course, through the Holy Spirit, but you create community. And it's really understanding that each human being is an extension of myself. Mm-hmm. We're one family. I have an example. There's a, there's a family that lives in, in an apartment complex that I, I manage in Northside. And there's a young woman uh, who is, she's got some mental health challenges. And she's got a little son. His name is Blake. He's autistic and he's a genius. He's like mm-hmm. really smart. And I just, he just connected with me like the first day I saw him. And I just started thinking, whatever I got to do, help her it's really about helping him mm-hmm. and so no one else can understand well why is he moving things around how did he move her from that apartment over to a bigger apartment and what's going on is there and then i one day i just explained to her, it's about the little guy don't you get it he's, mm-hmm. he's really special and then the neighborhood people around start paying attention and say you know he, wow that little guy blake is pretty so it's like it's one of us, someone identifying a focal point of something that's needed mm-hmm. in a community and then getting others to see it. That's how we build community. Yeah. Just look at if it's just if we need to build, put a tree on the corner and mm-hmm. we go out and say, hey, we just need to plant a tree right here, guys, because it needs to be more shade here. And if you get three people to agree that, a tree is needed. Of course, you're going to get two people to say, oh, we don't need another tree. But then you ask them, well, what would you put here instead? Now we're having conversation. That's how community happens. It's yeah. like creating something through an initiative, identifying something that's needed or that you think is needed, and then moving forward with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. To, to go even further with that is I believe we, we need just this intimate fellowship. And so I belong to a life group, a uh, men's accountability group. I belong to a life group, and we've been together for over 25 years. And I still take the trip down to Hastings uh, every Sunday uh, to be with my brothers, uh, going on Saturday now uh, to celebrate one guy's retirement. And, and we share everything. We share everything with each other, and we're there for each other. Uh, when one man's uh, 
start getting teary on this one. Uh, when one one of our members' uh, daughter was killed in a car accident, he's the first one we he got a hold of, mm. and of course he reserves the front seats in, in, at the church for us because we're his brothers and we've been there and we're going to be there forever. And when other people go away in his grief, we will be with his grief as long as he needs to be with his grief and as long as his wife needs to be with his grief. Well, that's that's the intimacy, that's the community that people are are needing, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to invest in that and you've got to stick Absolutely. with it. We yes. stuck with it for 25 years. It would have been easy to just say, oh, I'm going to go find a group up here, you know. No, 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 I'm going to stick with these men. Yeah. So we've got this battle of light and darkness going on in the world. Mm. So how are we equipping the saints for the warfare that's going on if we're not in unity and community? Oh, that's good. Well, you know, that's one of the questions that we get almost every Sunday uh, as a part of LINK, the organization that I work with, and we visit churches and go around the Twin Cities, and we're helping others plant new ministries. Um, Individuals will say all the time, I'm not sure what God wants me to do. And I say, and I always respond this way, what is it that you love to do? Because whatever it is you love to do, is what God has called you to do. He doesn't assign us to do something that is outside of our our love language, our, of who we are. He, he calls us to the thing that we really are good at. We might be gifted, right? Yeah. In the, in the area that we love. Right. So, so. We, so one way to help the, the saints to get up on their feet or to do it is to really just say, what is it that you really love to do? And let's do something with that. Let's activate it. Let's let's stimulate it. Let's move it. Let's yeah, in get community. A, yeah, in community. community. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, Bill, I want to respond to the the word war um, because that's truth. You know, I mean, at approximately one third of Jesus' ministry was spiritual warfare, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. But he, you know, show me where he treated anyone as his enemy, right? Yeah, even even when he was coming against the Pharisees, you know, uh, and and of course later on in the New Testament says we wrestle not with who flesh and blood, flesh and blood. So no man is our enemy, right? right. And we it's with powers and principalities. Yeah, but in that progression I was talking about, now the other person becomes your enemy. Now you're in war with that other person. You got even the drumbeat of war going on in society. Are we any, are we going towards the civil war? Of course, they're encouraging the civil war. They're encouraging the separation. They they that group, the people actually feed and monetize our differences every single day. They feed our differences every single day, outrage and our differences and our hatred of one another, and they're beating the drum of warfare. We need not participate in any of that. Uh, We don't, as Christians, we don't have to participate because we wrestle not with flesh and blood. No man is our enemy. We love everybody, and we are here in the ministry of reconciliation. That is our ministry. That is our purpose here on the earth is a ministry of reconciliation. And I, I know Kevin and I have talked about that. That also means, you know, like wounds, from our ancestry, wounds from our, our past, wounds from how, you know, one people group has treated another. You know, he and I were talking about that. So it's a, sometimes it looks like racial reconciliation or it looks like a reconciliation in a marriage or it looks like, so the ministry of reconciliation is, of course, first to the Father, reconciliation mm-hmm. to the Father through Christ. That's first. But then how do we reconcile one to one another? You know, that's the ministry of reconciliation. Praise God for that. Um, as as Tim was speaking just then, I, I, preaching. Sorry, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. a difference, Kevin. Yeah, he was, he was preaching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you God can tell because he got off his soapbox, <laughs> <laughs> sat back in his chair. Oh, <laughs> it was good though. Yeah, yeah, thanks. As he was, as he was speaking, as he was preaching, mm-hmm. what what he brought to mind for me is the fact that it, it's it's really people being encouraged. Um, to be themselves mm-hmm. in community. And that if we were thinking about all of the things that we've been speaking in terms of difference and in terms of separation, and if everyone were to just consider, hey, if I'm accepted, because mm-hmm. Christ has come as you are, right? He doesn't, yes. he, 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 too many people want to, I need to get myself right, then come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that works. It can't work. No. Uh, how are you possibly going to get yourself right <laughs> and then come to Jesus? Mm-hmm. It's, it's coming to him and then allowing Jesus to help you get yourself right. And to come to each other as we are, right? Exactly. Yeah, so, that's right. So people have to be willing to engage and come to one another in mm-hmm. this conversation. So. I'm wondering if we spend more time trying to poke around to discover each other's ideologies. Yes, we do. And the minute we discover it, we go, up, oh, done. I don't like that person. That's so good. <laughs> right off. That's so good. That's yeah. so good. You know, is, speaking of ideology, of course, is like, I don't know about you, Bill, but I, it's like everything is politicized these days. It isn't is, it? unfortunately. And, and, and our politics is moralized and our morals are politicized. Yeah, and it's just craziness. And, and that's what happens. And it goes more from that moralization, like I said, to the demonization of the other because we find out their ideologies and then we group and categorize them as a result of those ideologies. And and that's not what we're supposed to be listening for. If you, if you see with the eyes of Jesus, of course, you're not looking for ideology. You're, you're trying to see into a person's heart. You're trying to communicate with the Holy Spirit as you're talking to another person. You're trying to see in the heart and you're trying to see their humanity. And you're trying to see, of course, the deepest needs of their heart. So what, what is their wants, their dreams, their visions? That's that's what we're listening from the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're listening for from the person is their humanity, their humanity. And if you listen for that ideology, what's ideology? People don't actually live according to their ideology anyway. It's, it's, it's like it's like you ask people about their politics. I mean, like people don't even get in politically involved. So why are we letting it divide ourselves? You know, I mean, very few of us get politically involved. I mean, let's be honest. So why are we why are we listening for ideology? Mm-hmm. Why don't we listen to the heart? Let me take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue more with Tim and Kevin and maybe talk about unity and reality. That will be the last topic of the day. We're talking about unity today. I'm so glad you joined me. Um, We're going to be right back. We would love for you to share your story about why you love Faith Radio and what has Faith Radio changed the way you think about something or even how you live. We want to hear from you. Your story can encourage others and glorify God. Share what you love about Faith Radio by calling 877-933-2484 and leaving a message today. Fellowship is a sharing in common of our faith, our humanity, our lives, and our human condition. I've got a couple of brothers here in the studio that are from 
uh, different mothers, but the same father. And it's Dr. Tim Walsh and uh, Pastor Kevin Saunders. We're talking about unity today. It's been a great discussion. It's gone fast. Mm. But let's, uh, uh, Kevin, maybe you would be willing to talk a little bit about hu- unity in reality. What does yeah. that fellowship, the Koinonia, look like? Wow. So I have two daughters. One of my daughters, my oldest daughter is 37. My youngest daughter is 32. And we taught them the Bible. We taught them scripture. So they know the one truth, the word of God is the truth. What they, that generation does is that their lived experience and so their, the combination of their lived experience and the truth that they know about God mm-hmm. becomes their truth. And, and, and now we have this society where everyone has their truth, mm. meaning their reality. And, and if we ever stop and listen carefully when we hear people say, in my opinion... They're saying my truth or my lived experience brings me to this place. And and we end up battling with individuals about their own reality. Mm. Where the thing that we can do for them is bring them back to the word of God, Mm. the only truth. Mm -hmm. That's the power. So when we talk about unity and reality is everyone has a reality. Bill, you have a reality. Tim, you have a reality. It's your lived experience and combined with your faith and combined with your children. All of that means Tim's reality, his mm-hmm. his truth, his truth. But it never, it, it, it always has to, has to submit itself to the word of God. And how we get people to begin to understand, I, I get your reality. I understand that this is real to you. and Your hurt is real. Let me show you something that is bigger than both of us. That is the word of God. Yeah. So we just sharing that with mm. people so that we get, we can begin to get unity and reality. When we, we say, I embrace that. It's not but, 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 you know, because you hear that, the contention mm-hmm. right now on every topic that we talk about, it doesn't right. matter. Lived experience, everyone has a reality, and their mind is the truth, and they're just bashing at each other. And no one is standing and saying, I hear you, I hear you. Let's bring in the word of God that brings all of that together. I love that. Yeah. I often say in a world of 8 billion people, what you don't need is another opinion. <laughs> you, need, you need the word of God. Yeah, amen. amen. That's why I don't talk much on this show. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, I'll declare the word of God, but in my opinion, I mean, come on, there's 8 billion people. Do you need another opinion? Right, 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 right. Oh. The, the other thing that I just heard from what both of you said is, so where, where do we start with people? And uh, what I do, like even in, in therapy, but I just do it in my relationships too, is I, 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 I start putting myself in that other person's shoes, the empathy idea. And I start wondering to myself, what is it like to be you? What is it like to be you in, in this body, you know, in this life and where you live? And, and, and this is part of curiosity, right? 
but I, what is it like to be you? I really want to know your story. I want to know what your experience is. I know. I want to know how you experience what you experience, right? And now we've blown past all this other stuff that we could tee off on, right? But we've now gotten to the humanity of another person, and, and you start to hear again hopes, dreams, visions, you know, what they want, what they don't want, right? Mm-hmm. And we get past all that garbage that doesn't make a difference anyway. And then, then... Once they know that you've actually been there for them and you're willing to get to know them, then what do you got? Then you got trust. You got trust because they know they can trust you with their openness, with their vulnerability then, right? And now we can start speaking the truth together. And and by the way, I rely on the Spirit to tell me how to communicate the Word of God to another person, Absolutely. you know? And I tend to speak in their language. I, I listen for their language, how they talk about it, and then you speak and reflect that back to them. And where you can even start with is just going, you start with the premise of God is already at work in this person. God is already moving in their life. God is already speaking to them with truth. And now I'm going to listen for it, and then I'm going to reflect that back to them of what God is doing in their lives and how good it is. You know. And then I, I was thinking about the gospel. like Then I start reflecting back to them the goodness of what God is doing Absolutely. in their life. You, know? you should teach that. Yeah. I should teach you that. Yeah, you, should. <laughs> you got an opening? No, I don't, but I mean, that was solid. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. That, 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 that's so good, Tim. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things that when, when you think about it, it gives us opportunity. Uh, this idea of unity and reality mm. gives us opportunity to really um, embrace where people are. One of the things that I, I, I can just say openly that many people don't, maybe don't get the difference. All of the, what's happened in the black community over the last seven years, mm. the, the killings of different people by, right. by black-on-black killing, by police killings, all that, it, it, it ignites um, anger in individuals who already have trauma and pain. Yes. And so in that moment, their reality becomes so intense, if you understand. It's just mm. like they get so intense that it's hard to even have any it, to even show them empathy or care, right? Because they're so they're, they're they're just in trauma. They're they're beat up. They're torn apart, and so we have to be able to imagine. Mm-hmm. And this is something I, I think is maybe the church, the body of Christ, could begin to start thinking about this when the terms of when these things happen. How does that feel to be? Mm-hmm. That mom, that sibling, yeah, that child who just lost their dad or brother, and and not looking at it from the well, he was in this place and he shouldn't have been there, or it was that, but just kind of in a moment, embracing that that the the, the power and the impact mm-hmm. to that. That individual's family, yeah, pre people close to them. That's so. That's beautiful, Kevin. So yeah. then, then we get to this point about unity and reality. We get to this point of like how we really start talking about, mm-hmm. yeah, really start talking about embracing reality and and then bringing the word of God to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just something. I yeah, it's that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's a, like when anything goes on in the world and you see somebody responding to what's going on in the world, you pause and then you say to yourself, what does that mean to them? Mm. 
And then and then you you went further, which I think is really deep and good, Kevin, you said, yes, because they and their family and actually even their people group have had a certain experience of trauma. And that experience of trauma is what you're seeing coming out in that person. And then if you just pause for a moment and you go, how is this person in pain? What is their suffering right now? How are they suffering? It's coming out as anger or aggression or whatever, but how are they suffering right now? That's what you just did. That's what you just did. And then you put up, I don't wonder the facts of the case. You know, you, no, you put that aside. You know, you don't do that. You say, well, how are they suffering? And then you connect with them. What is it like to be them given this? Yeah, that's so good. Gentlemen, so good. we did some church today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we yeah. did. Yeah. Got a nice comment from a listener. I love this conversation. In public education, we are encouraged to recognize pronouns. While I may not agree, I humble I humble myself to accept each student right where they are and hope the love of Christ resonates. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. So thank you for the time today. It's been great. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Been, uh, Kevin, really nice to see you again. Good to see you. Guys. Yeah, Tim, I see you more often than I see Kevin, but <laughs> nice to see you too. <laughs> it's good to see you too, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, appreciate it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to do our Sunburnt series, and we're going to continue. Dr. Peter Kapsner and I are going to be hosting Dr. Rebecca Ree, who is a uh, Hebrew scholar, Dr. Rebecca Ree. So we're asking her to swim across the lake into the New Testament and talk about Mark chapter 9, that passage where it says, help me with my unbelief. That's what we're going to be discussing in the hour. Next up with Dr. Peter Kapsner, our special guest, Dr. Rebecca Ree. Thanks again to Dr. Tim Walsh and Pastor Kevin Saunders for this time together. I hope you're having a great day. I'm looking forward to do Hour 2, which is just ahead, and I will be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.